Hi everyone, this is Holly coming at you uh, two weeks after this episode was released, actually, um, to give you a couple of heads up. First is, uh, the reason I'm doing this is because I fucked the editing on the first recording, so if you tried to listen to that and were accosted by very loud intro music playing over my first attempt at this opening, uh, then I apologize. That was totally my fault. Um, and second is, if you aren't already aware, the seventh season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has started now. It is the final season, and Luca and I are watching it live and recording our reactions to the episodes as they come out. Um, this is our, the first one, and we will try to do these for the rest of the season as it comes out. We'll be releasing the, these as bonus episodes on the off weeks between regular episodes, so the regular episodes will still come out. And yeah, I hope you really enjoy it. And I think it goes without saying that there are spoilers, obviously, for Season 7 and the rest of the show. So if you don't want to be spoiled about that now... Um, then this is your chance to stop listening. And if you are still here, uh, I did want to give a content warning for this episode. We do talk about Hydra, which is a recurring S.H.I.E.L.D. villain, and they are explicitly Nazis and fascists, so there's a content warning here for discussions of fascism and Nazism. We recorded this um, a couple days before the protests in support of Black Lives Matter and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and everyone uh, really started in earnest, and I don't think either of us really understood that at the time, and I think more than ever, it's important to kind of recognize fascist and institutions and the kind of hold that they have over us and i just wanted to give my thank you to anyone who has protested and is still protesting you know no matter what anyone says the fight is not over we have not won and again thank you to anyone who was out there and is still going out there and if you aren't out there please please do whatever you can to keep supporting these people um, black lives matter, black trans lives matter, all cops are bastards, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Bus Podcast. I am your host, Luca. This is my co-host, Holly. Hi. Today we are bringing you a very special Season 7, Episode 1 reaction bonus pod. Because even though Buck hasn't seen the whole uh, show, we both have, and we have a lot of emotions. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of emotions. (laughs) So we decided, we just saw the episode um, about an hour ago, and we we were going to record this tomorrow, and then we were like, you know what? Let's record it tonight. So forgive us if it's a little bit scrambled. Um, we just finished watching it and have not had time to rewatch or review notes or anything. So it's kind of off the cuff. 
Yeah, we're going to try to keep it under four hours, but no promises. <laughs> <laughs> under four hours, my god. Yeah. I'll just come in to work as a zombie tomorrow, and it'll be fine. So, what did you think of the final first episode? Oh my god, it's... It's everything that I've come to expect from an Agents of Shield season premiere, but just oh my god, it was it was emotional, uh, especially because we also just watched the um, the virtual chat that the cast did um, after the episode, and they were all talking about their favorite memories from the series and stuff like that, and oh, uh, and like I started thinking about all of that, and then everything that they that haven't joined the premiere and just i'm just a mess yeah agreed i we finished watching that and i have to say i was not i i expected to get emotional but i i kind of anticipated that happening at the end of this season when like mm-hmm. things are wrapping up and it's over or whatever but like wow was <laughs> seeing just like seeing Gemma on screen for the first time was like a kick to the gut that i was not expecting <laughs> Yeah, and like because they started the episode with the final scene from last season, which uh, is the scene with uh, Coulson or of Gemma, uh, Daisy, and Mac in the room, and Gemma's explaining to them about like that she built basically a Chronicom version of Coulson, um, and then Mac just being like, "We need to make." a decision about this and then Daisy just slamming the button with tears in her eyes and like having them start this episode off with that which like it makes sense from like a show writing perspective just like really because we've been watching season one for the for the main show the the main episodes with Buck and just like that brought me all the way back into the stakes and just like it all came rushing back for me in that moment just like the weight that the rest of the series has uh and then that immediately going into uh chronicom colson just going off was a lot mm. yeah it it was just oh. <laughs> there's just a lot of emotion and i feel like i feel like it's not intentional but i think it's coming through maybe a little bit in the performances mm-hmm. um from the cast, because, like, obviously they know as well that this is the last season they'll be filming. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's just, I think it's a lot, and I really loved Coulson's, like, waking up sequence. I thought that was really well done, and really caught you up to speed on all the, the shit that Coulson's been through. <laughs> it it hit me, it hit me really hard, specifically because, like, that's my like all this robot stuff is extremely my bullshit which like you're gonna have to cut me off from talking about it at some point once we actually start (laughs) talking about it but just in terms of like separate from that just like the weight of all of the all the history that these characters have now and that kind of being brought to bear here in this in this premiere to like different extents like it was still kind of like a light premiere establishing like some of the stakes of the season like there are like action season sequences and like evil robots and and stuff like that and but like um but there were a couple of scenes where like oh and i think I think that first one is probably the biggest one for me, uh, just in terms of like, oh wow, these are 
these are characters with just so much history with uh each other but also themselves yeah it was it was a lot to watch yeah i totally agree and i like i know that the time jumpy stuff is going to be like the sort of driving mechanism like the lmds were and the framework and all that but i think it is a cool opportunity for them to go back and sort of look at the history of shield because i'm I'm going to go ahead and say that this is probably the end of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, yeah. Because I don't really see them coming back in the movies. Like, Nick Fury is going to pop up because Samuel L. Jackson, I guess, is just going to do every movie that they ask him to do for the rest of time. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. as an entity is probably seeing its last days here. And I think that it's it's cool to see them sort of give it a send-off that feels appropriate yeah yeah and for me for me it's less about the organization because um like shield at this point in the show at least like first of all it's like totally distinct from the mcu in my mind just in terms yeah. of like how the marvel television stuff turned out but like shield at this point has just kind of been reduced to these like half dozen characters um and so for me, it's just like seeing those relationships and that family come together this last time um, is is going to be it's a really good opportunity and um, to just kind of like again and like literally going through history is going to be like a really good mechanism for it to kind of like their last thing being like exploring their his not only the history of Shield but also their histories together um yeah it's going to be it's going to be a lot i can already feel it oh yeah like i just i i'm just gonna like sob like a fucking baby through the finale of this mm-hmm. show like I, I don't i don't even know what's gonna happen it's gonna be like real yeah. but <laughs> um because like i mean i've spent you know what 10 years with these characters came out in 2013 so not quite but eight years of my life through very formative years of my life. Like I was in college and then out of college and I started watching in high school. <laughs> yeah. I started watching in high school. Like I started watching after you, and but like I'm a good number of years younger than you. So like, yeah, that like this show is very, very formative for me. Yeah. And it's coming to an end. It is coming to an end, and all good things must come to an end, but mm-hmm. it's going to be very emotional, and I'm, I am surprised that I'm already feeling it. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I usually don't, but... Yeah. Anyway, back to the episode. Um, yeah, we got a couple of reveals. Obviously, Fitz is in hiding, because the Chromacons are scanning their brains somehow. I forgot if they explained it. I... If they did, it was probably like not important. <laughs> I think I think the implication there was that they had they already had the scans of their brains when they're in that weird mindscape trauma palace. Yeah, but I don't know what that has to do with Fitz being in hiding. I was I was just like, okay, Fitz isn't here at the start of the season. Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense because we cannot. I I just I'm gonna rant about this yeah, if, the... when we ever we actually get to this in the the season. But oh my god. Ian is no longer a main cast member. He's been 
he's been reduced to a regular the season, mm-hmm. the first season that he's not been a main cast member. And I like when I heard that announcement, I was just so angry because I was like, man, you fucking spent like half the goddamn show with them separated. And now he's like, he can't even be a main cast member. So he's going to be separated again. And oh, it's the last time I'll get to see these characters on screen. Yeah. Oh! yeah it, it's, <laughs> it's really frustrating. Um, just like, as like, cause like, it's hard not to have like, uh, not a sense of ownership over a character as a fan, but like it, it is, it does feel like a, a wasted opportunity just because of how, and like, I know that it's not, there's, there were a lot of other, it seems like there are a lot of other like factors that contributed to that decision. Not just, they decided that that was going to be the case. Well, I, it was Ian's availability, yeah. but I'm like, but like when you're an actor on a show for as long as the show has been running, you have to have that in the back of your mind. Like, these actors are going to move on eventually because that's just the nature of acting. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, and you fucking wasted his time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I'm just salty because I love Fitz a huge amount and I know that I'm going to get way less of him this season Mm -hmm. and it sucks. Yeah. So. Yeah, I feel like there's a couple of big things that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about. So should we should we cover like the small bits that this episode kind of introduced? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, because I think I think there's a couple of things. First of all, um, Agent Koenig is back and he's like a racist bootlegger. <laughs> <laughs> or speakeasy yeah, he's a racist sexist bootlegger yeah, as is like everybody in the 1930s which like um yeah like that's a, i think that's a thing to note where like it agents of shield has a pretty good track record of like dealing with this stuff like when they were dealing with like hydra and the framework there was a lot of like pretty explicit calling them out as nazis and stuff like that which yeah um, a lot of depictions of hydra and stuff like that typically kind of shy away from and mm-hmm. so I'm glad, like, right out the gate there, d- saying, like, oh, this is the 1930s, everyone here is going to be sexist and racist. Um, yep. And, uh, but I am hesitant to just fully give them kudos for it, because I'm worried that they're going to start to fall into the trap of doing the thing where it's just like, oh, well, we're going to need to introduce new characters, and some of these new characters are going to be people that we want you to like. Um so we're just going to like hand wave the race racist and sexist bit for like a little bit and just kind of like ask you to to not pay attention to that. Um so I think one way they could probably get around that is a make them people of color because yeah. they're going to be more accepting. But also I was just listening to the cast talk like um during the after show it sounds like they're going to be jumping around in time a, a lot and not just staying in the 1940s. Yeah, that's true. So I'm I'm wondering if they'll jump ahead enough that like we'll meet a character who's less inclined to be a racist <laughs> sexist asshole. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the other thing that gives me that makes me that makes me think in the other direction um that we'll get into but like the I the revelation that Freddy is a Malik and that they have to protect him, <laughs> which yeah. uh, it makes me think that there's going to be a, like a lot of like, okay, these people are awful, but we need to. <laughs> um, 
I really hope they don't do that, because that would yeah, suck a lot. Uh, Especially knowing what we know about Malik's son. Yeah, I mean, we're going. I mean, yeah. like, given the next episode preview, it looks like there's going to, there's going to be that tension in a really real way. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll get into that because I have a lot of thoughts about that. Um, oh God, what else? Uh, uh, this. This might just be the Canadian in me, but the FDR stuff is just to- a total non-starter. Like, it didn't, like, it, that was just, like, it was fun to see Coulson being a nerd. But apart from that, it was just like, okay, a U.S. president. Okay, I have to say that FDR is a pretty cool president, but, like, I feel like the age of, like, FDR fanboys has kind of, like, waned, and now we're in 2020, and locked in our houses because there's a global pandemic and our president is like a fucking racist who Twitter had to put a information tag on his tweets because he tweets conspiracy theories like they're fucking candy. And I'm like, you know what? Don't care. (laughs) Don't care about FDR. (laughs) Yeah. Don't care. So I am with you. I think that it was cool if you... I guess knew about FDR's history and like, it's nice to see Mac have that moment of like the workers protection stuff. And he did do a lot of great work with the, the, the new deal, but I just like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. A weird thing to like focus the first episode of the season around. I feel so I'm with you there. Like, it's not just because you're Canadian though. I did have to laugh when they had the Mounties thing. I thought of you instantly. That Mounties fit was very funny. The Mounties <laughs> are awful, but that was very funny. <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, does Holly like the Mounties? Like, they're just an extension of the police force. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just, yeah, they're, they are just cops. So, like, they're On not horses. great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that was really funny. I also thought it was hilarious how Daisy was, like, the guy was like, what are you doing here, you broad? And she's like, I'm going to fuck you up three ways to Sunday and he's like oh god <laughs> yeah I can't do this yeah um another thing the outfits were fantastic oh my god so good I am I'm not a big fan of like the whole 1930s like speakeasy aesthetic like Bioshock like the original Bioshock's aesthetic does like literally nothing for me oh really um, see I'm like such a I'm like such a sucker for that shit I love yeah. it. No, it it really doesn't do much for me, but like but there was something about seeing like Daisy in that outfit that was just like, oh, this is like something totally new and I'm very here for it. Uh or something rather like something totally new for for that character. Um, I loved her dress so much in the speakeasy scene, but then she mm-hmm. turned around and I was like, "Oh shit, it's backless." <laughs> <laughs> and then it got better. Uh yeah, I the costume is really good. I mean, I think the costuming generally has been fairly good on this show, mm-hmm. um, and I th- I think it's nice to see them flexing in like a different direction than they normally flex in. Yeah, which is something that they definitely that even the cast seemed to like really have seemed to like give a lot of props to like the costuming and makeup department. Yeah, um, and like the whole crew in general. But like, but yeah, it, it is really spectacular to kind of just like see that come through. It's just like wow, these all these people look very good. They do look very good, and it, I just love it. Like, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really, well, I can't say I never expected to do time traveling on this show, because that's a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but I, I did not necessarily see it coming like this, and so I'm excited for it going forward. Yeah, yeah. Though I did have, I do have to say, and I said this to Holly, we were messaging on Discord during the episode, I- I'm worried <laughs> that they're going to pull one and they're going to make oh Daisy and Deke God. be a thing. <laughs> it's It's such a real fear that I have now. <laughs> It's so real, and, like, the thing is, like, I, not to brag, but, like, I have, like, a spot-on shipper sense. I don't know, Holly, have you watched Voltron? I have watched Voltron, unfortunately. You watched the whole thing? <laughs> unfortunately, okay, yeah. yes. <laughs> you watched the whole thing. Um, so, spoilers for Voltron, the Netflix uh, series here in a second. Which, if you care about Voltron at this point, you could fuck <laughs> off. But, okay, so, you know, there was, like, some episode... In, like, the last season, where there was, like, just a subtle moment between Lance and Alora, And, like, I seriously... My friend and I were watching it together. And I, like, we were sitting on her couch. And I turned to her and I said, Holly? Not this Holly. Different Holly. <laughs> I said, Holly, they're gonna do it. And she's like, no, they're not. <laughs> and I'm like, they're gonna do it. And lo and behold, by the end of the season, they had done it. And it was awful. Um, yeah. <laughs> but... So I just, like, there was some moments this episode where I was just, like, twinging. So I was like, <laughs> please don't do this. Don't do this to me. Yeah. I'm I, worried they're going to do it. Yeah. I, when you, yeah, when you mentioned that to me, I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> because oh, no. I thought, I thought we were done with it in season five with the lemons bullshit. But, like, thinking back on it, no, that really was just, like, a that really could just be like a setup to this like because there wasn't any like hard no there it was just daisy being like i'm traumatized because of all my dead boyfriends um yeah exactly there was no hard no and like just just some of the ways that i've heard the actors talk like also doesn't make me feel especially great about that yeah like there was the comment tonight about question mark question mark question mark daisy and deke but then um Elizabeth and Chloe did a, a live um, today as well, and I was, like, listening to it, and they were, obviously they couldn't talk about the ending, but at some point they were talking about the ending, and Elizabeth just starts laughing, and she's like, oh yeah, well you did, and she stopped herself, and she was like, I mean, yours is just kind of funny, and I was like, please don't be funny because she's with Deke. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so... I don't know. I it just I worry. Yeah. TM. Yeah, it's it's going to be bad. And like cuz I I very much despite how much I don't like Deke, I enjoy him. <laughs> I, yeah. I enjoy watching him a lot. Um which is like I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why because like everything about him is a character that I don't like and that I don't think would mesh well with this group. Um, yeah, that's it's so wild to me because, like, tangentially, he is an extension of Fitzsimmons. Like, obviously, they've set him up that way. He's he's more he's like, the, but he's like the worst version of like season one Fitz. He's like the douchiest fucking tech bro who just like yeah knows everything and like wants to mansplain you like time travel and the butterfly effect and bullshit like that. And I just like don't like it at all. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know why I like it so much because it's just 
oh, there's something about him that's just like, you're such a fucking idiot, and you can't do keep doing this. <laughs> but, like, why? I don't know. I'll have to figure it out. Yeah, we're we're totally on different ends with that. Like, I just can't, like, especially this episode, I thought he came off as so annoying. Like, the whole time, I was like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's, I don't know if they're going to remedy that somehow. I don't know how they could remedy that, but. Yeah, I it, mean, like it just. Ugh. Yeah, like I, but like regardless, I like Deke. I, I, I don't like Deke a lot, but I enjoy Deke a lot. And, but I do think that, like again, he cannot get with Daisy, or I will lose my entire vibe. Yeah, and it, I just like either want Daisy to be not with anybody at the end of this season, or like with a girl. Like that's. Oh yeah. That's yeah. it. Like that's the only things I will accept because I just I can't I can't do like the whole oh my god Deke woohoo yeah it's and like I there's a part of me that doesn't want to just do the whole like give Daisy a girlfriend thing just because like and like do the like make it like wave the make it gay flag a lot um, right yeah but. Like, I'm gay, and I want to see Daisy. Be <laughs> I want to see it. I want it. I want it. Yeah, but I. Like, but like, even beyond that, like, I. There's a lot of projecting, um, when it comes to stuff like this, and and the fans and Chloe herself has kind of acknowledged this that like, um, that Daisy does kind of like a lot of LGBT fans do see themselves in daisy and like um there's like the whole inhuman thing as like ah god i mean like an allegory yeah an allegory that shit is so loaded in so many ways that like it's not great but like people do see themselves in that and like daisy does feel like that kind of character like she feels very much like it just seems right for that character and just like again like it's hard to say like it's it feels weird to say like that character feels gay but like it like you 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 feel it you know yeah no i i agree i think that i think just given sky's background and the way she was raised and like just like i mean she was basically raised by herself on the street all her life and you're telling me that she's gonna be like heteronormative and (laughs) Mm -hmm. like super in line with what the society thinks is just like not really what i envision with her and so like if she turns out to be bi like yeah obviously like makes perfect sense (laughs) yeah yeah like it yeah it does but like even beyond that like i think i think what really what really makes me think that that would be either her being by herself at the end or like finding a girlfriend. I think that fits well for me because like it would feel wrong for Daisy to have a boyfriend just because she rejects so many of those narratives that like anything that resembles that kind of like heteronormative story that's been told countless, countless times just doesn't feel like Daisy, like beyond like whatever gaydar that I have, like that doesn't, that just doesn't feel like what a Daisy ending would be like. 
Um, yeah. And the way to agreed. remedy that is just give her a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> just give her a girlfriend and then it's all fine. Yeah, I just... And it, it's ex- it might be different if I had a different view of Deke um, as a character. Because maybe if it was more... Maybe if I liked his character more, I'd be more receptive to an ending with him. But the way they have played him, and especially the way that he treated Daisy initially, even though, like, like we can't really... Like, he was also enslaved in this race and, like, blah, blah. It doesn't really feel great for me to be like, oh, yeah, they'll end up together. Yeah, I mean, as somebody who has a different view on Deke, I totally agree. <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah. Also, there was just a small moment with Gemma that I really enjoyed where she just got this like creepy smile on her face mm-hmm. when she stabbed that Chromacon. I know. It was it was very it was it was very good because like I you know, cuz the moment was uh they're trying to interrogate the Chromacon to try and figure out what the their plan is to assassinate fdr which spoilers they they're not trying to assassinate fdr um Uh, yeah uh and she's just like oh i saw this with colson with the chronicon colson all we need to do is just overload its brain with a bunch of useless junk um and and so she like pulls up pulls out the like computer or whatever and like hooks it up to this like creepy matrix hook thing and like hovers over behind the uh, the chronicom and you know he's just like wait is that it's it's data port and simmons just like gets like this again this really creepy smile on her face and just says no and like stabs him in the back of the head and oh god i love Gemma so much and seeing that like very like malicious like sadistic side of her always just brings me joy i don't know why because it's very off-putting i think it's just hilarious because jimma has always tried to be this like very buttoned up like proper british woman and then she just like but ever since season one she just has this like creepy thing about like experimentation and science <laughs> and it's just like it comes out in these little moments and it always gets me because i love it because it's so funny <laughs> yeah she has like a really dark side to her which like it doesn't come out okay it only comes out occasionally but when it does it's just like oh yes give me that yeah it just cracks me up and i love when they i love that that has been consistent with her since season one mm-hmm. it's also escalated <laughs> it is escalated yeah I think it's sort of, I think she sort of lost it a little bit in season two, but I think she lost her whole identity in season two a little bit. So <laughs> yep. it wasn't just that. Um, and I, yeah, I just, it's, it's moments like that, that really just make the show for me. Cause I mean, I have lived with these characters for eight years and so is everyone on this show. And it's nice to see those connecting threads come together mm-hmm. in ways that really matter. Yeah, um, yeah. What else? Oh, I guess on on that note, though, what did you think about the new Chronicoms as being like the main antagonists of this season? It I, I just, I am not a fan of the Chronicons. I've never been a fan. The only one I like is Enoch. Yeah. Um, because he has a personality. Yeah. <laughs> the other, these new ones, I just can't connect with them because they're not human and they don't 
like they have a motive, but it's so emotionless that like it doesn't really connect with me. Yeah, it's it's very emotionless and like um not only that, but it felt like it just rode on the coattails of last season, like tangentially enough that it doesn't feel like it has any real weight. Like it's just like, oh, Shield messed with time a little bit, so now we're gonna go and erase Shield from existence. Like that's yeah. th- like that's the other thing too, is that like it just the Chronicoms themselves aren't aren't that interesting like we don't know much about them and like the fact that they are just kind of like emotionless machines for the most part or at least that's how they're kind of portraying them and the fact that we don't know any of them besides enoch just really feels like they don't carry any real narrative weight which makes me wonder if there's going to be another kind of like mid-season turn the way we kind of like had hive in season three um and ada and the framework in season four uh, also, like, the Destroyer of Worlds and that stuff in Season 5. Like, because my speculation is whether or not them, because the big revelation, which maybe we can talk about after this, was that the person that the Chronicons are trying to kill, they're trying to pull a, a fucking Terminator, Sarah Connor, this shit, is the father of Gideon Malik, who is, like, the head of Hydra in America. Um, the implication being that without any Hydra, Shield wouldn't be created to stop it. Um, and so there, so the line that Coulson has at the end is that in order to save Shield, we need to save Hydra. Yeah. And first of all, fuck Hydra, but it makes me. It, I'm so sick of them. Well, I, I'll talk about this later, but um, but it makes me think <clears throat> that like the mid-season turn, like very like this is this is just like throwing my shooting my shot and seeing if it sticks, but like them dealing with hydra this early on is just gonna it's going to give hydra another foot in the door to try some shit and then like them fucking around with hydra in that way is gonna give hydra an opportunity to to try to pull some shit and then that yeah half the season is gonna be dealing with that that really feels right and i think it makes narrative sense with just Marvel and the ultimate villain being Hydra always. I think it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Cause I just, if this is like the main villain throughout this whole season, like I just don't think it's going to, it's going to land. <laughs> no. So I, I hope that you're right. And I hope that we get like, maybe Freddie turns out to be the villain at the end, which if we get to know Freddie would feel more interesting because he's a human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is that, like, I like just one final note about the Chronicom enemies is that, like, I did, I did tweet about this in my live. Yeah, tweet. I, I didn't know. I had no idea what the hell was going on in Twitter. I was just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, that like, despite how much like I find them kind of uninteresting, the fucking casting that they did for these three Chronicoms was so on point in terms of just making them look like these, like, unsettling robot-ass, like, killbots. Yes. They definitely get that, they definitely get that vibe across, and I don't like it. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, they are definitely lifeless, and it's, mm-hmm. it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, there's very much, like, an Agent Smith talking with the two other agents, like, in the back of the car moment when the they're, when the one Chronicom tells, like, the other one to, like, smile. Um, 
Yeah. Like, I think... Yeah, I don't know. I, the Chrono Cons have just never really connected with me because they're so emotionless that I'm like, eh. Do I care? Like, only Enoch mm-hmm. because he has a personality. So, hope I'm hoping you're right, and I'm hoping there's a mid-season turn. There usually is, so... Fingers crossed. But. Yeah. Was there anything else that you wanted to mention, or should we talk about uh, the five-headed thing in the room? What's the five-headed thing in the room? Oh, Hydra, right. Hydra. Yeah, I mean, we were going back to the 1940s. Like, it was inevitable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, of course, we were going to run into Hydra, because <sighs> that's when they were born. Yeah. The fact that it's... The fact that Freddy is Gideon's father, I think? I think it's father. Yeah, that's what they said, which I guess that sure, lines up. we'll go with that. I'll, I'll give them that. Um, I think that it's works i think it's a good tie back to a villain that we already know and have some backstory for i i do wonder if they're gonna make freddy like sort of a ward figure yeah where we'll like sort of get to know him and sympathize a little bit and then he'll just turn out to be an unforgiving asshole by the end yeah that's what i think i think they're going to try and pull I think they're going to try and pull, again, like, a little bit of a Sarah Connor thing, but, like, in a different direction, where, like, he doesn't really know what's going... Like, I don't think he has really any idea what's going on now, but by the mid-season turn, if they do make him a villain, that's going to be the, like, the ward moment where he really commits to, like, like, oh, I've been given an opportunity to be, like, some super powerful, like, super villain or whatever, and, like, had, like, have all of this kind of, like, control, um... And kind of like make that decision, or like I like I think at this point he's just kind of like a kid who has maybe gotten a little bit over his head. Yeah, it was it was interesting to me his reaction to ha- getting handed that like what I assume is super uh, superhero. What is it called? Juice. No, there's a name. <laughs> the super soldier serum. Super soldier serum. That's what I'm trying to think of. God. Because uh, he didn't. We can call it superhero juice. Superhero juice. He really didn't blink an eye. He was just like, yeah, all right. Like yeah. he was a little suspicious, but I mean, he was gonna do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I think that there's definitely, obviously, a darkness in him mm-hmm. that just needs to be fleshed out a little bit, and uh, yeah, be- before he figures out who he is. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how that turns out. But can I just say, like, I am so done with Hydra. Like, I am so (laughs) done with Hydra. Like, I can't... I knew it was coming. There was a part of me that knew it was coming, even though, like, I kind of just, like, I said, fuck this enough caps on Twitter twice. I knew it was coming, and I just... uh, They're really gonna have to do something different with it this season. Um... But, like, I don't know if they are because it's going to be. Because, like, this is the closest. This is the closest that they've had to Hydra that are actual fucking Nazis. Like, they. Like, Hydras are actual fucking Nazis, but in, in, like, the World War II sense, like, these are, like, literal, like, fucking Third Reich Nazis (laughs) at this point. And I. I don't want it. I really don't. Like, I mean, get ready because it's it's happening. So. <sighs> yeah. I mean, like, as much as I 
am agreeing with you that I think Hydra, at least the Hydra on this show, has been not the best. It, like, Ward and Garrett were probably the best Hydra villains, but, like, I feel like they were only Hydra... You, you called Garrett a Nazi by convenience, and I think that's, like, the, the best way to describe um, sort of their yeah. affiliation with Hydra, is they just kind of... It's a means to an end for them. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't really super buy into, like, the... the whatever creed of nazism or whatever yeah like they 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 usually go around shedding hail hydra yeah which like yeah i i'm not excited for that to come back which makes me hope that they're going to try and do something different with uh freddy yeah Um, i think because he's like i hope because he's so new like we're not going to get a whole lot of like the traditional rendition of hydra i'm hoping yeah, but at the same time, like, he, he, in theory, is, like, the progenitor of, like, the weird Hydra cult. Or not, like, the progenitor, but, like, he continues that on. And, like, maybe it is, like, a ward thing where it's, it's just, like, this is just a means of of establishing, like, my own dominance and power. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, and the thing is, like, we know that he can't die, because he has to live on to carry on his crazy legacy. At least for a while, yeah. until his son is like indoctrinated indoctrinated or whatever. Yeah. So there's gonna be there's gonna be a moment where they have to spare his life and I think that's gonna be a, a big moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I'm not excited for more Nazis, but <laughs> we might not be excited, but it's gonna happen. Yeah. I just yeah, I just really hope they don't linger on it too much and and do something a little bit different um just because like i don't read the comics and like hydra for the most part has a very minimal role in the mcu apart from like a couple of key moments um but fuck i am just so tired of them which is saying a lot um in terms of just like how exhausting they are as a villain yeah I feel you. Um, but, yeah. I don't think I have anything else that I wanted to say. Okay, is it time for me to go on my Coulson rant, then? Yes, you can go on your Coulson rant. (laughs) This is gonna be, like, an hour fucking long podcast. (laughs) Yeah, it is. But, like, fuck, I am so excited for Chronicle Coulson, Luca. I, (laughs) I feel like I was teased with L.O.D. May in, in season five right. or four or whatever, because like fucking, like they mentioned it, they mentioned it in the, um, fucking crew chat that they had after this episode, but like the scene in season four, uh, between L.M.D. May and L.M.D. Coulson was just like all of my shit, just like, mm, yes, give it to me. <laughs> and we didn't get any of it. Like, I wanted so des I mentioned this to you um last time I was rewatching it that just like oh I didn't realize it the first time I watched the season but fucking if May if for real May had died and we were stuck with LMD May that would be the best thing ever <laughs> and I love May <laughs> so much but just like seeing the struggle that LMD May went through in terms of like her own personhood and that kind of stuff, like that kind of shit with robots 
is uh, one of my all-time favorite sci-fi tropes. It's just going to be... I'm just so looking forward to seeing that, to getting the opportunity to see that with Coulson. Yeah, I I think... Because, like... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because it's it's something... It's it's a sci-fi trope that... I really enjoy, but can get really frustrating, frustrated with, and uh, when it's done in the kind of like, ooh, the like AI becomes self-aware and then is instantly evil <laughs> kind of thing mm-hmm. with like your Skynets and that kind of stuff. But like seeing it this time, where it is just like a person trying to like grapple with who they are and kind of like that kind of thing especially in this case when it has the added layer of like oh i have this other person's memories are they my memories just by the virtue of the fact that i have them all these kind of like existential questions that get brought up it's just like "Mm, yes give it to me (laughs) yeah i think it's a definitely an interesting question and i think ultimately it's going to be resolved with this colson like accepting his death i think that's obviously where the trajectory is headed yeah which I think will be a very interesting and obviously emotional um, journey for this culture. Yeah, yeah. I think I uh, yeah I, I agree that that's probably like I don't expect I don't expect great things from from <laughs> Ages of Shield. Um, a lot of the time when it comes to this kind of stuff, but like oh god, I I am so looking forward to just like. To just reading too far into like everything that he says about everything, <laughs> and like I think for me the real good ending to this because like there's that scene between him and and Mac uh, when like right after when Mac goes and reactivates him after um, shutting him down when he was being overwhelmed, um, and then just and Coulson just being like. The previous Coulson specifically asked to to not be brought back, and especially not like this, like no way. And but you did it anyway. Um, and Max just like, yeah, but we need you. And Coulson's just like, fine, I'll do it. But after this, we need to reevaluate. Mm. Um, and Max just like, yep, <laughs> like a hundred percent agree. And one thing that I would want to see, because it's the it's the kind of ending that I love for this shit, is just like is Chronicom Coulson kind of like coming to terms with like his own personhood and like doing a thing that like distinct like like distinguishes himself from old Coulson, and then like coming to realize like no, I actually want to live my own life, and just kind of like going off into the sunset. I think would be fantastic, but I'm not sure if we'll see that. Um, I don't, something tells me we won't. Uh, but yeah, it is, it is interesting. The scene with him and Daisy really fucked me up, um, when they were talking about the letter. Mm -hmm. We better get to hear that letter at some point. I'm just saying. Yeah. They've teased us, they've teased it like three times. No, we haven't ever heard it. Yeah. And it's just like, oh God, like, like that must like, because Daisy was the one who pressed the button in the first place. Because she... Because Coulson really is, like, her father figure, more so than her own father. And just kind of, like, seeing that, and just kind of, like, those two characters having that weight. But there's just, like, this this thing between them that, like... 
LMD or that like Chronicom Colson, I guess, doesn't know about. Like, there's that one gap in his memory, which is their farewell, which is just like fuck. It's brutal. Yeah. Um. And the fact that he has to 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 kind of like wrestle with that fact, but also that Daisy has to kind of like wrestle with the fact that like the the real for real like human person um who was her father figure died um and this is something that could be him but could not very real very probably not be it and just but just like having that shared weight between them oh yeah Yeah. it was really brutal i agree and i think that they're i don't think daisy was ready for him to die obviously um yeah. And I, I hope that this is sort of like a healing process for her to be able to like talk to not not the same Colson, but a Colson that is similar enough. Yeah, because it's it's her it's her second chance to say goodbye. Yeah. Like finally. And, and I think it's gonna be on their terms this time. Like I don't think that this exactly. Colson's gonna like just be killed. I think he's gonna choose to stop existing. <laughs> Yeah, because, yeah, because like that's the thing is that like she didn't get an opportunity to really come to terms with it before it happened, and the grieving that she had to do afterwards, obviously she hadn't she hadn't dealt with it entirely, which is kind of what you were saying. Like she she wasn't ready for him to go, and just like having that experience of like losing him once and then having another opportunity to to, to like say whatever needs to be said um before the end like it really feels like that's not going to be an opportunity that's wasted between the two of them yeah so i i just i hope that they i mean i know they're going to because they they really love like daisy and colson's i I keep wanting to call her sky because we've had to be so careful with (laughs) buck to call her sky (laughs) Mm -hmm. god yeah um, but uh, yeah, I think that they're gonna really pay that off. Hopefully, yeah. The other thing I'm really curious about is how is the first conversation between him and May, because mm-hmm. like, like May was out for that entire process. Um, she is, and she is like, uh, she is on edge. It seems. Yeah. <laughs> At the moment, I would definitely say that she's on edge. Yeah, and given her previous experiences with robot lookalikes, I mean, like given the whole like group's experience with that, like, but like for her specifically to see Coulson, and like especially after they had their farewell, because like they had time together at the end, and then to have that all kind of like brought back and thrust in her face, yeah, it can't be exactly <sighs> great. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's it. It's going to be rough. I mean, it's it's like Gemma reliving the the moment when she learned that Fitz died. Like, <laughs> that was an yeah. emotional gut punch. Holy fuck. And I imagine that yeah. this will be similar. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, because I feel like it's kind of the inverse with May, where, like, I feel like May, May and Coulson had their time together and, like, said their farewells and, like, came, like, came to peace with it, despite, like, whatever, like, breathing that needed to be done before both before and after like yeah. i feel like they were in a much healthier place with it um compared to like 
uh, Daisy and Coulson. Where, so, like, I feel like where this is, like, a very much a healing opportunity for Daisy, and it's it's going to have the opposite effect with May. Yeah, I think May's going to not take it well. I, I don't know what the hell's going on with May at all in this episode, because she wakes up and she goes Spider-May on the ceiling. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? God, I love her so much. <laughs> I just love how Enoch, like, sees she's gotten out and is like, oh, God. And he's like, it's me, Enoch, trusted friend. <laughs> Yeah, I know, Enoch, it's just like, Enoch, you had one job, he says to himself, it's just like, I, Enoch is, I was not expecting to love Enoch as much, I was just like, when they started, like, seeming to, like, push him as, like, a thing, um, last season, I was just like, what are they doing? Yeah. Who is this, like, old, bald man? <laughs> this old, bald man! Um... But no, I Enoch is great. Yeah, I love him. He cracks me up so much, and I I know they're gonna have some scenes with Fitz eventually, and when they do, I'm sure they yeah. will be glorious because I mean they have such great chemistry. It's just so good. Yeah, the fucking like antagonized like how much like Fitz is antagonized by Enoch. I know it's so good. Great, like like it's. Like, I feel like we've only seen Fitz get that way very rarely, and it's been either Deke or Enoch yeah. who's done it. And he's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, these people yeah. are just annoying, and I I just love it. I, I love seeing yeah. Fitz just, like, mildly annoyed at people he actually cares about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I mean, I think he does care about Deke, even though they got off to a, a rocky start. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much like the fucking tech mogul scene uh, with him is very much like a, like a, my my son has turned out to be a like a failure. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like oh god. Yeah, I I love I love how Gemma is just sort of like the peacekeeper between them, but she, even she is like mm-hmm. yeah, he's like you know it it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one thing we didn't really discuss is how long do you think Gemma and Fitz were, like, away from everybody? Oh, that's a good point. They didn't really talk about that, did Like, Gemma alludes to it at one point, but yeah, I, I have seen every theory under the sun from it's been a year, it's been enough time for them to have a secret child together. <laughs> Which is a very popular theory amongst some of my friends, and I don't like it. Um, <laughs> but I do wonder, like, uh, if how long they've been apart. Yeah, uh, yeah. My guess is it's probably not more than a year. Yeah, if that. Like, I think a year is is the is the high end of the spectrum. That's kind of yeah. what I am assuming as well, because I think any more than a year and. There's a lot of questions about, like, why <laughs> it took that yeah, long. Yeah, what happened? And also, like, it's... I, I feel like after a year, Gemma would be a lot more knowledgeable than she seems to be. Agreed. I, she's still... Like, she seems to be a little bit in the dark in terms of, like, what's really happening. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think that if she had had more time with Enoch, she would know more. But she does seem to be a little bit flying by the seat of her pants still yeah yeah i guess another thing that we didn't really touch on too um is 
uh, Elena getting her arms back, mm-hmm. or, like, new arms, um, which is very much a touching scene. Like, Yo-Yo is such a stubborn person, and that's, like, such a big part of her character that, like, I enjoy a lot, just, like, how much of a hard-ass she is. Yeah, um, as Like, even when compared to Bay in a lot of ways. Um, and, like, seeing her just kind of, like, like, resists uh, Gemma, like, giving her those arms for the first bit was just, like, a yeah, like, it felt very much like a yo-yo thing to do. Um, and, yeah, the scene where she does finally, like, put them on and, like, like touches her face with them and stuff was uh, was a lot. And, yeah, I love her. Yeah, I thought it was... I That was a really touching scene, and obviously it meant a lot to Elena, but I had to laugh at the idea that she would not put those fucking, those hands on. I'm like, you can't walk outside this plane. You cannot walk outside this plane without those on. (laughs) I know. Like, she could wear some, like, like, full sleeve coat and some gloves. It'll be fine. That's what they did last season. (laughs) I mean, I guess, but I just, I'm like, girl, you can't be doing this. Like, people will notice, and people will flip out. Yeah, yeah. Like, people would still flip out today. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So imagine the 1940s when technology is still, like, a baby. Yeah. Oh, uh, do we have any predictions for next episode? Oh, predictions. Things we want to see. Um, I I wonder if they're playing us a little bit with this promo, because it looks like they're setting up Daisy to be pressuring Deke into killing this Hydra guy. You know... What if you could go kill baby Hitler, the classic? And I wonder if they're playing us a little bit and he's not actually shooting uh, Freddy. He's going to be shooting someone else. Because they, they've done that before. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good point. I do think but I do think it is very much in line with, like, what the kind of choices that Daisy's made in the past. That, like, that that's... If she found out that that's who Freddy is, which, like... I think she she did at the end of the last episode. Like that's something that she would want to do. Like it's very much like a um, <laughs> no fuck you. Like a, a season five moment of just like oh, in order to save the future, we need to let Coulson die, and then Daisy just going like nope. <laughs> um, where in this case, I think it is very much like a similar thing, or like could be a similar thing, or like I think that that moment is going to be is probably going to happen if not for if not like freddie being the target but yeah that is that is a good point uh i also i don't know if you caught this in the after the talk after talk with the cast but i guess they're going to be dressing may and yo-yo up as wasps which is really cool and wasp are women fighter pilots from the world war ii which is really exciting yeah yeah, when she when Ming said wasp, I like I immediately lost my mind because that <laughs> phrase like does not mean that anymore. <laughs> it doesn't. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I that was kind of like eh, for me after all the Captain Marvel bullshit. Like I'm just yeah. like, hey, hey, yeah, the Air Force, great. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I am very excited to see those outfits, though. Yeah, Holy shit. I mean, bring on those fucking outfits. Like, it, this mm-hmm. season, if nothing else, is just going to be outfit porn, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm here for that. The other thing, too, that I love about that promo is the fucking... They brought back the fucking shockwave spike I know. from episode <laughs> they two. Did. I can't believe it. When I saw that, I was like, wow, what a deep cut. Yeah, because, like, like, that episode came out today, and we talked about it just, like... Like, yeah, we they Warren shoots that spike into the ground, and then we never see it for the rest of the season, and boy, or series, and bo- boy, were we from I can't wrong. believe they were like, oh, you thought, and then they literally did that, because... Yeah, the other thing, too, is that it looks like we're going to be jumping around in time a lot sooner than I thought, because, like, we see the Triskelion in that, and what looks to be, like, an, an airfield and stuff like that. Yeah, part of me wonders if they're really going to pull some timey-wimey bullshit on us. And we're gonna have maybe the the shot in the tra- in the trailer of Deke of Daisy telling Deke to shoot Freddy happens, and he shoots Freddy, and they fuck up the timeline, and somehow the Triskelion gets fucked up because of it, and they have to go back again. That that's like a tried and true time yeah. travel bullshit thing. So I don't know. Would yeah. not shock me yeah. at all. Yeah, because again, this is science fiction. It, it happens all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, very back to the future. Anything else? Anything you want to see next episode? I can think of one uh, I thing. I can think of a one thing, and it's my son wears fits. <laughs> I don't... I don't. Where is he? Where's my boy? I don't think we're going to see him next episode. No. I think we yeah. might get a tag where we hear his voice or we get something of him. I think we might get a season, a season six pull it on us where he's in the um uh the after the title the end card like post logo scene yeah that's that's the most i would expect from two i think they're gonna keep him out of it for a while yeah like at least another episode if not another episode which sucks a lot because every episode is like the ticking time bomb of well we only have x episodes left but yeah exactly it is what it is yeah yeah, I hope we see more. I like it. It sounds like it, but I really do hope we see more May and Yo-Yo because I love the two of them a lot. Yeah, and um, having them kind of like start to get more involved is going to be great. Yeah. So. But yeah, I think that's about it for me. Yeah, agreed. Okay, well, we will be putting this out um, soon. And then mm-hmm. we'll do one for every episode this season, I think, is the plan. So I guess next time we'll be talking about episodes two and three. Yeah. Um, but we will also be back with new episodes of our rewatch with Buck. So keep a look for that. And yeah, um, once again, follow us on Twitter at the bus pod. Uh, shout out to Abnormal Mapping. They're awesome for hosting us. Check them out. Check out their Patreon. Support them. And thank you to Mel at Squirrel Curls for our podcast art. She is super talented and lovely and awesome. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. And uh, join me again every week for some inane live tweeting. <laughs> I... It was so bad. That was, like, seriously hilarious. I was like, I don't know what is going on, but I'm here for it, you know? 
Well, I'm glad at least one person liked that. <laughs> I liked it. I didn't know what was happening, but I enjoyed it. And that's all you can ask for. <laughs> but yeah, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.